Well, as we start the message this weekend, I want to ask you a question. Is it possible that you are living your life in a way that it was not designed to be lived? Is it possible that you and I are living our lives in a way that they were not designed to be lived? Now, this uh, piece of equipment here is something that people that live in warmer regions of the world that have uh, grass and they have weeds and things like that. I'm just kidding. We will eventually have them. Amen. We're, we're getting close. I think we're just a few weeks away from having Easter. But all of you know, it's a weed whacker, a trimmer, whatever you want to call it. It's just the thing you use after you mow to make sure that it looks nice and fresh. But, you know, there's one thing that uh, that always makes me nervous about our trimmer. And that's that if, if, if you've ever used one of these before, you know that it matters which one of these you pick up in the garage. Right? Because one of these is just a regular gas can. It just uses what they call straight gas. The other, it says on here very clearly, Dad has written, weed eater gas. 40 to 1 ratio. That's because this tool requires gas that is mixed. It is mixed with oil. Now, my understanding is you can put this kind of gas, you can put straight, well, I know you can put it in there. My understanding is you can run it on that kind of gas and then it might run for a little bit, maybe a minute or so, maybe even a little bit longer from what I understood. But eventually, if you run that kind of gas in this piece of equipment, it'll burn out. Is it possible that you and I are living our life like that? We're running off of things. We're living our life in a way that, yeah, it'll run for a little bit, but eventually it won't work well. We're in the middle of this series called Together. And we're looking at God's Word to see that God has brought us together. Pastor Chris was talking about it just a moment ago. Isn't it great to be a part of a church? Many people, I didn't hear a great amen. Isn't it great to be a part of a church? Many people don't like church. Many people don't care for church all that much. I'm so grateful that I'm excited to come to church. I'm excited to see you guys. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I'm glad that God's given me a church. But I want to make sure that this church stays all that God wants it to be. And that we're actually being a church and doing the things that God wants us to do. So we're going through this series talking about what is it that God has called us to do together. And today, this weekend, we're talking about serving. In God's family, one of the biggest things that we do together, one of the reasons that you get in your car, that you drive over here, that you're involved, you come at a certain time, we're singing these songs, we're praying, we're uh, having meetings earlier this weekend, all these different things that we're doing, preparations, all these things that we do, one of the main things that we do together is that we serve together. And we're getting this out of Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47. So I want to read those verses. Those are some verses that are kind of the backdrop, kind of the overall context. They're really driving what we're learning about together through this series. In Acts chapter 2, verse 40, it says, And with many other words, Peter solemnly testified... And kept on exhorting them, the crowd that was gathered there in Jerusalem, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. He was giving them 
an opportunity like we are going to do in just a few moments. And just like we're going to do Easter weekend to receive Christ as their Savior. So then, those who had received His Word and accepted Christ were baptized. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to some things. They went from a crowd to a gathering, to a group of people who were now identified with one another and doing some things together. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's the Word of God, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Isn't it great to be where God is working? You sense an urgency. You sense a, man, God's going to do something. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. And that was happening here. Many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, daily, continue with one mind. There's that togetherness again. In the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day, daily, people were being saved. As we read those verses, clearly... We see serving all throughout those verses. And it's not only there, it's all throughout the Bible, all of God's Word. Serving God and serving others in God's name is something that is very important to God. Listen, friends, in fact, it is how He designed us to live. Did you know that? God made us to serve. It's not what comes natural to us but it's the way that He designed us. And because it doesn't come natural to us, and because many times it is not how we're oriented, how we're living, many times we're running off the the, the wrong kind of gas. And our two-stroke engine that requires that mixture of serving, not self, gets all, all out of whack. And many times our lives get burned out on self. Because God did not create us to run off of self. God created us to be servants. And just like I share with you so many times when I'm sharing God's Word, it is so exciting to share God's message. Because I know we never just have Bible studies around. We never just get together and we're just going to do a nice little Bible study. And Pastor Robbie's going to enlighten us on some things that are in the Bible. We don't do that. We talk about life changing messages from the Word of God. Praise the Lord. This could change your life. That's exciting for me to think about as I share it with you today. So I want us to talk about that today. And the first thing, because of that, because it is not natural to us, because it it maybe is not our leaning, because of our sin nature, I want us to first of all think about this. Serving is more important than you might think. Serving, I might even say this, is much more important than you might think. Now, I just want to go ahead and acknowledge that some of you, as we're beginning the message, are already doing some interpreting. Okay, Pastor Robbie, this is good. This is good. I'm with you. I'm with you. I know that that serving God and serving others, that is important. I need to hear about that. I want to do a little bit of that. And so I know this will be good for me, so go ahead. Go ahead. I'm ready. Okay? Friend, can I share with you? That is not 
really where we're trying to go with this? I want you to know that serving is more important than you might think. And I'm going to point out several things, but the main one is this. Jesus came and served, and it's the life that He wants for us too. The Bible says that our Lord, the Lord God Almighty, the Lord of angel armies, came into this world, you would think I would say as what? As king. As boss. As Lord. And He is all those things. But He didn't come in His first coming. He did not come like that. I want to read to you out of Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. It says, But Jesus called them to Himself and said this, His disciples, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, the nations, the peoples of this world, you know that the rest of the world, not not the way God does it, but the way the world does it, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. Listen to this. This is our Lord teaching us just as real as if He were standing on the stage. Amen? This is the Word of God. And the Spirit of God is affirming that in our hearts. The Lord God Himself says, It is not to be this way among you. That's about as straight as you can get. Amen? This is not... The way the world does it is not what I intend. Listen, this is paradigm changing, isn't it? This is not how I'm wired. This is not what I woke up thinking. This is not what I'm dying to do. Okay, but, but we're learning from our Lord. It is not to be that way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your what? You say it. Servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Another word for servant. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom or a payment for many. Now, what we have in this passage is Jesus' disciples, they're, they're with the Lord, and, and one of the, one of the uh, or two of the disciples' mom comes to the Lord and basically says, Hey, Jesus, I'm a mom. I love my boys. I want to take care of them. Hey, Will you kind of just make sure that they're in a good spot when your kingdom comes? Can they kind of be high up on the ladder? Can they be pretty important in your kingdom? Any mom would feel that way, right? And the disciples are standing there, and Jesus, after that is requested of Him, this is the answer. What we just read is the answer that He gives to them. It's obvious that He's saying to them, serving is how I came into this world. Serving is how I lived and I am living. As he was speaking to them. And by the way, even how he died, right? He, he was dying. He was serving in his death. And he says, and this is what I expect of my people as well. Friends, like the weed whacker, you can run on the wrong fuel. You can run on self for a little while. You can run for a little while the way the world does. But if you really want to live the way God Listen, I know, I know, I know, I know. Even right now, you're listening to me. You're talking back to me. You think, I know, this is important. I mean, it's good medicine. It's a good dose of, you know, what I need to hear. That's good, Pastor Robbie. I appreciate your enthusiasm. I'm going to take it. Can I say, that's not what I'm asking for. I'm not asking for, it. God bless you, Pastor Robbie. This is kind of important. The Bible says this is a change in thinking for us. God put us here to be servants. He designed us for service and not for self. 
Now that kind of statement kind of runs against all kinds of barriers in us. I want to talk about some of the things that maybe fight against what I'm teaching you from God's Word. First of all, we have a sin nature. Do you know that? The Bible says that as human beings, we are born to this world as sinners, and we have a sin nature, and that sin nature just makes it natural for us to be self-focused. About the closest we can probably think of in this world, there's probably other examples we could give, but many times when we think of selflessness, we think of a mom for her kids, right? I mean, that's about as close as you can think of in this world. Or we think about someone in the military or someone in the, in the um, um, what I'm trying to say, law enforcement. We think of someone serving that guy. That's about as close as we can think of, of someone being selfless. But honestly, even those are not ultimately commending qualities in us. Even a mom who sacrificially gives for her family, even a, someone serving in the military and law enforcement, those are really us showing reflections of the image of God in us. If it were not for the image of God in us, we would not have the ability to even show those illustrations of serving because we have a sin nature that goes against that. We also, we don't serve because we compare with other people. We can always find examples in this world of people who are focused on their self. And we can compare ourselves with them. We can say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I may not be doing everything that I, that I really would like to do or should do or whatever, but at least I'm doing more than... At least I'm not like some Hollywood figure you might think of. At least I'm not like that. We compare with other people. And sometimes we fight serving... Because we don't trust the church. Some of you, even right now, when you hear a pastor preach about serving, you're, you're, again, you're in your mind. You're saying, oh, I wonder, I, wonder, I wonder what ministry needs some help. And so they're trying to sign people up. And so they ask Pastor Robbie, that, hey, next weekend, can you preach about serving? Because this is kind of a big enlistment campaign, right? This is kind of a, we've got a big push or whatever. And I know how you are because I think the same way. I'm cynical, but I'm getting over it. Amen? We need to get over that. Amen? Because it gets in the way. If that is your mindset, listen, friends, what we're saying is this is the Word of God. This is what God says. He wants us to be doing together as His people. It's a challenge from Him. So please do not approach it that way because you'll miss it. You'll miss it. The enemy will use that as a distraction and it will be a barrier to really you taking that seriously. Man. Wow. I, don't, I, I know serving is important, right? I don't know if I've ever thought of it as that critical. The Bible says serving is more important than we might think. Friend, you have two choices in life. You can serve yourself primarily, or you can serve God and serve others. And there's almost none of us really who are going to choose that second option? Really, we're not going to without God's help, right? I'm just telling you, God designed us for service, not to serve self. And your life will not work as long as you choose to serve self. This This is completely not intuitive to us. The Bible indicates that serving is where real life is found. That doesn't make sense, does it? 
I don't believe that. I know, I'm like you. I'm sitting there, Pastor said, I do not believe that. I don't believe that. Amen? So God is going to have to help me. God, I don't think that way. That's not, that, just, that doesn't seem right. Before we move on, I want to point out a couple of other thoughts related. Two more reasons. That serving is more important than you think. Serving, write this down, is one of the greatest producers of spiritual and personal growth. Last week, we talked about spiritual growth, didn't we? We talked about that we want to grow together. Friends, can I share share with you one of the greatest ways, if you want to grow in the Lord, one of the greatest ways that I've found is serving. Serving produces a lot of growth in our lives. When I'm serving... I'm going to grow because I'm forced to because other people are depending on me, right? Sometimes I don't mind if I hurt myself. I don't mean that to sound bad, but, but do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes I don't mind if I get myself in a ditch. Hey, it's just a ditch. I don't care, whatever. You, 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 you hear what I'm saying? But if my kids are watching me or if you're watching me or if the world is watching me, a world that needs to see Christ through me, it matters a little bit more, Amen. Serving helps you grow. It also helps you to be close to the heart of your Savior. He came to serve. And so I'm walking in step with my Lord. I am feeling the heartbeat of my Lord when I have a desire to serve Him in the lives of others. Listen to the statement. Self is one of our biggest problems and serving is one of the best antidotes for self. I like that idea. You ever see those superheroes on maybe a movie or you're watching TV, there's some superhero and, and, and he has something, he has something done to him, right? Some, some mean guy knows kind of how to get to him. And so he infects him with something that's going to keep him from having his super powers. So he's got to get the antidote, right? He's got, he's got to take that antidote so he can get his superpowers back. What I'm saying is, is that serving is one of the best ways to get rid of that self thing and to get our power back. I also want you to know this. Serving is one of the greatest lessons you can teach your kids. Many parents ask me, Pastor Robbie, how do you raise kids? Well, first of all, I'm just going to tell you, I ain't done yet. Amen? I'm very hesitant about telling other people a whole lot of things because we're still in this deal, right? But, But... But I found, if you do want to raise your kids well, I found that one of the best ways to impact your kids in a positive way and to set them on the right course in their life, listen, is to let them first see you serving, and by the way, I might add this qualifier, willingly. Let your kids see you serving gladly, joyfully, sincerely. That's the first thing. And then get them involved in serving. As I observe parenting in general today, it seems like we're so concerned about serving our kids. Honey, are you okay? Do you like this? What do you want to do? I hear those things a lot. And we should care about our kids, right? 
We should want to help them. We should love them. We should want to serve them. No doubt about that. But we are so worried about serving our kids. I believe we should be more concerned about teaching our kids to serve others. Like I said, I'm still working on that myself. But if there's something that I could say to you as a parent, listen, the number one is prayer. Okay, number one is prayer. Besides praying for your kids every day, besides praying with your kids every day, so prayer is number one. I cannot emphasize that to you enough. Pray every day for and with your kids. Besides that, the number one thing I would say is character development. And there may be no other better way to develop character in your life and in your kids than service. So friends, listen, parents, listen. Don't ask them if they want to come to church. Do you ask them if they want to go to school? Don't ask your kids if they want to go to church. Bring them. Get them involved. Again, enthusiastically, right? Now dragging them, and they're almost dragging you. If we have that mindset, that's not helping. Making people do something that just is meaningless, that's not what we're talking about. But letting your kids, we are training them. We are equipping them. We are their personal trainers for life. Let them see you loving God and loving others, serving God. That is one of the greatest things that you can do for your kids. I love karate. I love Little League Baseball. I love dance, piano, all those fun things that all of us have our kids involved in. But as a follower of God, if I were going to choose, I'd choose service. Hands down. But unfortunately, many times it's the opposite. Parents, what you are valuing, you are teaching your kids to value as well. And we may not mean to. By the way, I'm not down on Little League or anything. My kids play a little. We have fun. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I may be sports nut fanatic of the year, okay? So, so I'm not. But I'm just saying sometimes we got to be careful. As a dad, I had to be careful that I didn't value hitting a little ball with a bat more than serving God. If you look at that Acts 2 passage, there's a whole lot of serving going on. And that's what God wants us to do together. So we need to realize serving is more important. I hope that you're just like, man, I knew, I knew it was important, but I never, I never really thought this is what I'm here for. Realizing that, let's think about the second thing. God has given every one of us unique ways that we can serve. Every single one of us have been given things. We've been given ways that we can serve God and serve others. Let's think about that. What has God given to you? Name some. What's, what's some things God's given to us? Our lives? Our hands? Finances? Creativity? Friends? Family? Talents? Abilities? Relationships? Opportunities? jobs, all of us have been given a lot, haven't we? We've been given a package of things. Listen, friend, one day we're going we're gonna to account to God for all of that stuff. Did you know that? The Bible says that one day we're going to stand before God and account. I'm going to account for my package. I'm not going to account for yours. I'm going to account for mine. On top of that, if you are a child of God, you've been given something extra called spiritual gifts. Let me read to you what the Bible says about that. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. I love this passage. 
It says, but to each one. You hear the individuality of that? Every single person who has ever given their life to Jesus Christ. You say, not me. I'm not very gifted. I'm not very talented. Whatever. That's not true. The Bible says every single child of God to each one is given, their gifts from God, is given the manifestation of the Spirit. That word just means that the Spirit of God wants to reveal Himself to this world. To each one has been given a manifestation of the Spirit for the good of all, for the common good. Isn't that incredible? The Bible says that God wants to be known. By the way, that's good news. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because the Bible says if He didn't make Himself known to us, we could never find Him. We're not on the same channel as God. He had to tell us how to get to Himself. And He had to do all the work for all that to happen. Okay? The Bible says that God is a revealing God. And one of the primary ways that God wants to reveal Himself to this world is through me. One of the primary ways that God wants to reveal Himself to this world is through every single one of you in this room right now. Isn't that incredible? To each one has been given a manifestation of the Spirit for the good of all. Wow! We're going to put a list of some of those spiritual gifts that we find in the Bible on the screen for you to just kind of look at. Here's some of the things that the Bible says. Here's some of the ways that God gifts His children so that we can be used in the lives of other people. Just look at that. I know we don't have near enough time to study it or for you to go into great detail. I just want you to see those things. If you're interested, we can provide that list for you another time or other resources if you'd like to do I just want you to look at, here's some things. The Bible, I don't know if that's comprehensive, exhaustive, or representative. But these are the things that the Bible, at least indicates to us, are spiritual gifts. These are things that God gives to His people. And according to God's Word, you have at least one of those. And you take that, and you put that together. Okay, I have a spiritual gift, or some spiritual gifts, and I put that together with my personality. And you say, Lord, help him. And I put that together with my background and experiences. I put that together with my job. I put that together with, somebody said, friends and family and opportunities and the money that I have and all those different things. And that is the unique way that God wants to show Himself to the world through this individual. And the exact same thing is true for you. Isn't that incredible? Do you feel the, do you feel the weight in that? Do you feel maybe in a more positive way the honor in that? God wants to be known. He's, he's taking a big risk. If He's going to do it through me, amen? Because I'm not real good at this. For all kinds of reasons, we've already talked about it already, some of the blockages, right? Some of the, some of the, but God, wow, wants the world to see Himself. What a privilege. Right now I get to share His Word, hopefully, and He's going to speak to your heart. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? And many of you serve in many other ways where God shows Himself to other people. We, we talked about it last week in Ephesians chapter 4. The beautiful picture in Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 16. Each one of us is given a measure of God's grace. And just like we talked about in the parable of the talents, you say, oh, I don't have much. 
Every guy that was given something in the parable of the talents had a whole lot. Remember, even the least guy got about $750,000 in today's economy. The most guy got, what was it, $4 million? But all of us have been given a measure of God's grace in these gifts. And what we saw in Ephesians 4 is when all of those work together, catch this picture, friends. You're looking at me right now, but I'm looking at hundreds of people who are specially gifted and called and empowered by God in unique ways. When all of us, I like to think of it like this, is all of us are manning our post. I'm doing the little piece of the kingdom that I was designed to do. When I do that, and you do yours, and you do yours, and you do yours, Christ is seen. And He is beautiful to the world. That leads us to the last thing. Since we have these gifts, we should use them to serve. Every one of us has a manifestation of the Spirit. I'm going to have to move on, but I can't get over that. God wants you to see Him. And He wants to work through me in some way to show Himself. That's incredible. But since we have them, we ought to use them. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each one, hear that individuality again? See, because you're talking back to God. Well, not me. This doesn't apply to me. I'm not that good. I'm not that talented. I'm not that gifted. That's what the Bible says. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Of God. Okay? Here, here we have it again. We all as believers have been given gifts to use for God. And he says, since we have, use them. Employ them. Put them to work. Engage those gifts. It actually literally says, minister them to one another. Literally, that's what it says. As each one has received the gift, minister them. That can be translated, serve them to one another as good stewards. The word there is a picture of, a, of, a, of a, um, someone who's been put in charge, a household manager. Okay, today we might think of that as a nanny. Maybe, maybe that's the best thing I could think of. If someone left their kids and their house and their keys and their money because they were a world traveler and they leave all of their house in charge with this person. Their kids, their money, everything. The house, the dogs, everything. Okay, that's the word that's being used here. Put your gifts to work as good household managers. Isn't it there again the picture of the talents? Isn't it again? God has said, okay, I got this thing going. Jesus said, I'm going back to heaven. I'm sitting down at the right hand of the Father. The work has been finished. I'm sending my spirit to live in your heart. And now for whatever reason, I don't know why. I don't know why he did it this way. I don't know all the reasons. I can't figure that out. Maybe one day we'll understand better. But now God is doing that through us. His Spirit is working through us. So we are stewards. We are, maybe the word we would use today is a manager. God is the boss. God's the owner of this deal. He said, listen, I've given you a part to manage. Be a good manager. Listen, of what? Of what? Of the manifold grace of God. When I, when I use the word grace, grace in itself is a superlative. Amen. I don't have to say great grace. I don't have to say amazing grace. Saying grace is like too much, too much, overboard. 
The Bible says we are managers of the multifaceted, the multi-sided. You look at God's grace and you're just like, man, I've never been at this angle. Wow, it's beautiful. And I'm at another point in life. Man, God's grace is amazing. And then I'm at another place of like, wow, God is so good. Now, I just reflected that in terms of being at different places in life, different times in my life. But actually, we could even think of it this way. I see God's grace through you. Wow, it's beautiful. I I see God's grace through you, through you, through you. Wow, it's beautiful. I see another part. As you and I allow God to work through us, people just say, wow, God is even more amazing than I ever thought. Employ them in serving one another as good managers of the manifold, multidimensional, many-sided, many-faced grace of God. God's saying, use your gifts. People? Because I want the world to see me. And by the way, let's be creative. God is a big God. God is multifaceted. Sometimes in church, we kind of get in these little grooves of like, this is what church does. And unfortunately, that's the reason many of you maybe have not gotten involved. Because there's kind of these certain pockets of the way God's people work normally. And by the way, we shouldn't despise some of those things. They're there for a reason, right? We have certain ministries for a reason. Maybe God wants you to be involved in one of those ministries. Maybe He wants you to contribute. Maybe He wants you to make it better. Maybe He wants you to start a new one, though, is what I'm saying. And can I just affirm something in somebody's heart right now? Just because we're not asking for it doesn't mean we don't want it. Or just because we're not asking for it doesn't mean that God doesn't want it and we just missed it. Here's what I like to say. Anything you can do, you can do for God. Whatever. Whatever you can do. Whatever you like, whatever you enjoy, whatever you're gifted at, you can use in some way for God. Let's be creative because God's a pretty big God. Amen? I'm going to tell you what, in a church this size, I pray that God is, is kind of showing us things that we've never seen before right now. Because I believe that He wants us to go places that we individually have never gone. I've heard many of you share that the last few weeks. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Press on. Keep going. Amen? God has great things for you. And as we pop the top off of that... There are things that are going to happen through this church that need to happen in this world. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not even sure what that means yet. I have some ideas about some things I've never even said before. If God wants me to say it, I'll say it, but right now I'll just keep my mouth shut. (laughs) But there's some things I've never thought of that God's stirring in your heart. There's some things we're doing right now that we're doing okay, but it would be a lot stronger with your presence. I'm telling you what, if you expect Pastor Robbie to decorate this building for VBS, (laughs) I am the most vanilla person you have ever seen in your life. Really, 
I, I don't know. That's just me. I, I just don't think about things that y'all see. Thank God for the creative ones in the mix. Amen? They need a little guidance. So thank the Lord for, for the ones that are a little more, you know, structured sometimes. But we put all that together and God, wow, that was awesome. Amen? And listen, I know some of you, when we talk about these things, we want to, we want to focus on what we can't do. Listen to the statement. Don't do what you can't do. Do what you can do. I tell my kids, there's always a reason not to. There's always, there's never a good reason to do the right thing. There's always, I mean, there's, it's just always the wrong time. I'm not the right person. Don't worry about what you can't do. Do what you can do. Jesus commended a lady in Mark chapter 14, verse 8. He said she has done what she could. All throughout the Bible, you see stories of people who just did what they could. And God multiplied that amazingly for His glory. Don't do what you can't do. Do what God is calling you to do that you know to do, that you can do, and trust God to give you the rest after that. There are many things that we do together. And that's what we're looking at, Acts chapter 2. We're trying to learn, God, what is it that you want us to do together? But there's no doubt, friends, He wants us to serve together. It should be part of our, our DNA. It should become who we are. Is God speaking to you right now that honestly, I serve a little bit, but self drives my life. I'm going to tell you, I'm on a mission in my life with God's help to die to self. That's our biggest problem in every situation. And so why don't we just go ahead and crucify that right now? I died Jesus' death. Robbie Lankford, apart from Christ, is gone. He keeps wanting to pop up. Nope. Baptize him again. Amen? Baptize him again. Nope, buddy. Nope. You're going down. Because every time you pop your head up, problems happen. I am here as a servant of the king, and therefore I am here as a servant of the world. If we stay in that place, our lives will be blessed. We will have great reward in heaven. We'll see a lot of cool things while we're on this earth. And we'll bring a lot of other people with us. I want to ask you to think about that for just a moment. Would you bow your head? Would you confess, God, I need your help on this. Would you confess to the Lord, I'm selfish? Would you confess to the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm seeking to follow you, but I'm struggling with what I want. That's self, friend. That's just an, another way to say it. That's self. If you're here and your self has never been crucified, that's just another way of saying being saved, being born again, becoming a child of God. 
would you say to the Lord, Lord, right now, I want to be dead to myself and alive to Jesus Christ. And I ask you to come into my life. And I want to receive your death as my death. Robbie Lankford, apart from God, dies today. Whatever your name is, put it in there. And I rise in new life with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I'm a servant of His. Thank you, God, for saving me. As many of us hear people expressing that heart, maybe we're a little embarrassed. We've made that kind of a statement to the Lord before, but we've taken over again. Maybe you didn't even realize it. God, I am out of whack. I need a shift in my paradigm, God. I don't feel like a servant. I feel like a self person who sometimes serves. And that's not what I want to do, God. Maybe there's some sin in your life that is keeping you from being a servant. That's what you need to lay at the Lord's feet right now. Father, thank you for teaching us things that we would never, I would never move towards this God. But the more that I do, the more that it's affirmed, this is the way. Walk ye in it. God, I pray that you're raising up an army of servants. We would put on our towels and we would be willing to be used by the King of Kings in the lives of other people, whatever that means. God, maybe someone here needs to receive a ministry that you're calling them to. They've been fighting you, God. They've been pushing that away. They've been making excuses. Whatever it might be, God, do your work right now. Deliver us from self. Use the antidote of service. This is our prayer in Jesus' wonderful, humble, servant-filled name.